you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. And welcome once again to another amazing episode of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. How are you doing tonight, Marcus? Hey, I'm doing fine, John. It's another wonderful Friday night. Yeah, we have another great show here tonight. You remember we had uh, Dr. Uh, Michael McKelly uh, with us last week, and he had so much amazing stuff. He always has great things to share with us that we all learn about. He's coming back on later tonight uh, to talk to us again. Some other things that we didn't get a chance to finish up with him. And, you know, um, I want to share something with you. There's something called NSAM. I'm not sure if any of our viewers actually know uh, what NSAM is, but it stands for uh, National Stocking Awareness Month. It's actually in January. And you're probably saying, well, John, why are you talking about stocking now? Well, because there's a lot of... Um, groups now that are actually doing different events and things like that uh, for stalking. Uh, and that actually went, uh, just so you guys know if any of you are following it, uh, just recently. Uh, that was writing right around the 20, uh, April 19th through the 23rd. So, you know, actually that was last week, but I did want to, you know, kind of allude to it because it's really important. And you might say to me, hey, John, what the heck is stalking? Is that a new video game, Marcus, that I can go buy on Amazon or Maybe I can I can get on my iPhone. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, so stalking, first of all, is not romantic. It's not attractive. It's eerie. And right. it's something that a lot of times gets overlooked because people say, well, gee, you know, you know, they're just being that way. That's how they are. Well, it's one thing to be a certain way, but it's another to be someone that's a stalker. And so what are behavioral signs of stalking, I guess is what I want to talk about right now. So this is really important. So that's someone, by the way, that always will be um, looking over your shoulder. I'm sure you've seen these people before. Uh, They're confused. Uh, You might be confused about how (laughs) someone's always knows we are and they just happen to show up like in the weirdest places at work, close to a place at home, at a ball game, at a social event, and you'd swear they're following you, and they just magically, coincidentally show up. That's just terrible. And 
the thing about it is that, um, you know, maybe you're nervous about checking your phone or email. Uh, why? Because you're afraid it might be him or it might be her. And why are they bothering me? So I want to be clear and let you know uh, that stalking is not somebody who contacts you once and annoys you. That's not stalking. It's repetitive behavior that you don't want. We'll talk more about it. But the other thing that indicates the person's a stalker is you're scared of what that person might do. And you're a little fearful of your life. So it's something to take very, very seriously. And uh, a lot of people don't take it seriously. Well, my next guest, who was a guest actually uh, last week as well, and it is an amazing privilege, a pleasure, an honor uh, to have uh, Dr. Michael Nuccitelli, who was an expert in cyberbullying, cyberstalking, uh, cyber criminal minds, and understanding odor, which is what people do online, basically filters into their offline life. Even though they're separate, they really are not separate. And so uh, a person that has a wealth of information um, has helped behavioral health care professionals. Um, he helps people in groups. He helps people individually. But at the end of the day, he understands what stalking is and how to educate people and how to share what might just be on somebody's mind especially that one of a criminal that has cyber-like tendencies to be a stalker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege and, of course, a privilege and honor to welcome once again to the Jay Moore Tech Talk show tonight, Dr. Michael Nuccitelli. Well, welcome once again, uh, Dr. Nuccitelli. It is always a pleasure to have you on the Jay Moore Tech Talk show and uh, we got some other great things. So thank you once again for making time in your schedule to be with us on another Friday night. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, and thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about some of my work. So, you know, um, for those of you that didn't watch the previous show, well, you should go back to jmore.com um, under uh, social shows and watch the show uh, because it kind of builds up to what we're going to talk about today because we're going to get into some things we talked about last time. So Dr. Nicitelli, uh has a lot of years experience in cyberbullying, cyber stalking, cyber criminal minds. And what you guys didn't know is that something as innocent as calling someone late at night, I'm talking about after 11, or even calling somebody repetitively with a blocked number could be grounds for some serious charges against you. Dr. Nuccelli, welcome. Oh, and, thank um, you. Thank you for having uh, me. I'm sure you've heard that before where, you know, people do that. They're like, well, I'm just blocking the number. Mm -hmm. And you got to be careful because the reason you're blocking a number, I block my number all the time, but I know if I'm calling certain people, especially if I call them late, I unblock my number. I want them to know who's calling. Or if I leave a message, hey, this is, this is my phone number. My number's blocked. This is who I am. That's really important. Yes. And I think, you know, a mistake of something that happens, but I'm talking about when you do it repetitively and the state defines repetitively as three or more times. Yes. And yes, multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. And they use something, because uh, I helped somebody that needed to get defended, was something called hearsay. 
So you can't use your cell phone. You can't use it. You have to get into a lot of data, which is not easy to prove. Uh, sometimes they can, but it has to be something that is really egregious, something that's really causing you damage in your life. Uh, boyfriend, girlfriends do these things a lot of time to show who has more power. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, uh, I remember the judge saying in this one case, this is a uh, Geraldo Rivera show, or is this a Dr. Phil show? Because if that's what you want, you should be over there and not wasting my time here with the court. Right. So let's get that clear right now. And you don't realize that once you file a complaint, you can't just erase that complaint in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You have to go through the whole course. So what I want to share before I have you get into your special thing today about what is odor you need to realize, just like before you open your mouth to say something, realize that you can't take it back. Correct. And so if you say something, if it's a threat, even if it's a joke, don't. Because you never know what is going to happen. And I tell people to do this all the time. If somebody says something to you and you're not comfortable with it, go to your local police department, put your name in there, don't file a complaint to send it to them but get it on record. Yes. And the reason you do that is if something happens, you're covered. That's the main thing at the end of the day. So leading into what we're talking about before, Dr. Nishitelli, and that is odor. And I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the beautiful aroma of your no, cooking. Uh, what is odor? Okay. Well, odor is a subconcept of iPredator. And the acronym stands for it. It's not smell. Uh, it, there's two Ds. Odor stands for offline distress dictates online response, odor. And that is a subconcept of iPredator. And essentially, the reason why it comes from iPredator, as we know, we have eight different types of online assailants, online aggressors. And one of the concepts that, that walks with odor is I call the IVI. I predator victim intuition. And what I believe is, and not all, but many, depending on how technologically savvy they are, uh, how, you know, psychologically uh, savvy they are, is that I believe and I know that certain I predators using IVI, I predator victim intuition, they can go online in social media and forums and message boards, and they can evaluate quickly who is a good target. So if you're presenting yourself online as somebody that's angry, somebody that is dysphoric, somebody that is uh, despondent, depressed, uh, you know, discouraged, an eye predator is going to look at you and, and quickly conclude whether or not you would be a good target either to steal from, engage in cyber criminal activities, or maybe he or she is a predatory troll and gets off on causing others harm online and now targets you and engages in troll-like behavior. So the IVI is the ability for another online user to assess quickly whether you will be a good target. Now, what is odor? Hmm. This moves into the psychology of iPredator cyber psychology. And in a nutshell, odor is however my offline world is going, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, whether I'm intoxicated, whether I had a bad day at work, whether I just got in an argument with my husband or a wife, I believe our offline life 
has a direct impact upon what we do online. And what we do online, there are only three ways to manage and manipulate information. We can compile information, we can disseminate information, and we can exchange information. Those are the only three ways. And what I believe is that however our offline life is going, it directly impacts what we do online. Now, most psychologists call it subjective processing. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. We all have what's called our perceptual glasses. We perceive everything based on our present affects, how we feel right now, our past, our upbringing, uh, physiological, medical. All of that comes into play with how we filter information. But what I believe with odor, offline distress dictates online response, I believe our offline subjective processing, what we do offline, when we come online, for some reason, I'm still trying to figure out the mechanisms at play, is that it becomes distorted. So that if you had a bad day at work and you come online and you start reading, you know, messages or go into social media and you're now dealing with troll, that's going to impact you at a greater level than it would if you met some idiot guy on the street who was, you know, barking at you. Now, obviously, in an offline environment, that would frustrate and get you upset. But for some reason online, it impacts us quite differently. And that's what I call odor. That's fascinating. I want to share another uh, reason why you don't want to stalk someone. Um, I talked about court and I talked about things. So let me talk about something else that can happen so that you can, uh, what I like to say is communicate with people. When you communicate, things generally work out and you can at least agree to disagree, but you can at least agree to be respectable. And um, what can happen if you take this too far? Uh, they can go and get what they call an order of protection mm -hmm. and they can actually get what they call a restraining order. Now, what the heck is that? Well, that's something that the court puts for the police department to execute. The, a lot of people think the police department do it. They don't. They are just the processors of the court sure. and they enforce it. So when they issue that, that means that not only you, but the other person. So it's not a one way thing. It's a double way. So a restraining order is issued, it works for both parties. So you can't say, well, gee, you know, you're here and I'm here. You mm -hmm. both have to stay the 500 feet. So when right. people say, John, what the heck is 500 feet? I said three football fields. That's a good way to be safe. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't follow that uh, order, it's an order of the court, it's a temporary restraining order, it could become permanent. The temporary restraining order is usually sorted out to deal with nonsense people that are having sometimes uh, an argument and there's not really a need, but they feel like you were saying before, psychologically affected. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they make it worse than what it is, which was the case in this situation. They painted it worse than what it was because they were hoping to sue. Mm -hmm. What happened was they brought it to the state, said, oh, let the state handle it. It's all good. The state went after the other person. But then you know what happened? The other person got smart. The other person filed a counterclaim. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happened? Hmm. The court's looking at this. You know what the courts, the, the, the prosecutor says? Oh, we're not interested in that person anymore. Right. Well, what happened? We, we, we like, we're not interested. This is this is like a domestic or this is like a, a dispute. We're not interested in this. Well, what do you mean? 
So now you have to hire an attorney if they have an attorney to fight that back and forth, and it becomes very expensive. So a prosecutor is not there to handle your, let's call it your frustrations. They're there to protect somebody if there's going to be harm caused. That Correct. doesn't mean they annoy you once every hundred days because they park too close or they're yelling. That's not a restraining order. Like you said, it's repetitive actions over and over again, three or more. And so I tell you, don't test this because you'll be tied up in court for anywhere from a year to more going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And your stress levels are going to go through the roof. Exactly. Because you don't realize what's involved and how I like to say in our country, you're not innocent until proven guilty. You may or may not agree with me, but I believe you're guilty until proven innocent mm -hmm. because when you have something like that, and the other thing I want to tell you is that if you're having an issue with your husband, your wife, the first person to report kind of has the edge. Okay. doesn't mean you can do whatever you want, but they have the edge in the situation. So report something. And if you have things on file, you're good to go. When we talk about people, uh, Dr. Telly, and we talk about society, uh, I've noticed that this happens a lot more in a generation, let's say, behind mine. Why is that? But it doesn't happen to people. It happens more after the teen years. It doesn't happen so much. It happens from the 20s to maybe the 30s. It's not as prevalent later. I mean, there are some cases, but I've just noticed that it's more prevalent in those ages. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, I mean, as we, de I mean, developmentally, as we age, relationships become more, you know, as we say, more part of our identity and who we are. This is not to say children and teenagers don't engage in, you know, interpersonal dynamics. I mean, that is, but adolescence, you know, uh, and then early adulthood, that is the form where we're learning how to deal with others, you know, and this is where there's multiple, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends and you know, sexual exchanges, so forth and so on. But as we develop and we reach adulthood, that is when we're supposed to pick someone that we are going to be you know, proverbially monogamous with for the rest of our lives. So there's a lot more at stake. But what I want to bring up, Mr. Morley, when you bring up restraining orders and order protections, okay, uh, it is paramount it is very important again this is related to my experience dealing with iPredator is to include no electronic communications because if that restraining order if that order of protection doesn't state that now your stalker your the person that who's been abusive to you can contact you can create you know can by proxy encourage others and that's where it gets very murky and very blurry in terms of what's going on. 
And all I can say is welcome to the information age because you can have the best order protection, the best restraining order, but now you're getting slandered, you're getting trolled by somebody you don't even know their name, their location, because they're using a VPN. And in reality, it's your future ex-husband. So this is the, the, the difficulty, what creates the complexity of living in the information age as it relates to what you're talking about. You have to make sure that your order has basically no, uh, no electronic communication, no, ele no phones, exactly. any, anything like that. And uh, so when that happens, uh, the point is so that you're not feeling threatened, uh, that it's not going to cause you. And this is temporary, so the court can basically have time for you to get to court because it doesn't happen overnight. Right. And that's there mm -hmm. as a protection. If you, let's say, get to that court and you are found to be somebody that doesn't come anywhere near these accusations, the court's going to lessen it, lower it, they might even be like, let's check this out, but they're going to at least see, they're going to do some checking, obviously. But the point is they, they, they will take your behavior very seriously into account. Yes. And if I may miss it, because I'm not a fatalist, but again, I've okay. been volunteering for now 11 okay. years. I can't tell you how many folks that I have listened to that I have, hopefully I have helped, but there have been many, many Mr. Morley who are going through divorce or ex-boyfriend, ex-girl, you know, where there are order protections, where there are restraining orders, they're being targeted online. They know it's their ex, but when they go to court, what don't they have is black evidentiary. They don't have evidence that it's John Morley, John C. Morley, that's targeting me. Here is the proof because... All I have is I suspect it's him because he made a comment about a blue sweater that I had last winter. That is not enough. That is the difficulty of where we're at right now as it relates to I predators. And particularly when we're talking about cyber stalking one another, when it comes to adversarial relationships. So I have an interesting question for you. So everything starts in adolescence, obviously. Yes. And adults hopefully have, let's say, a little more mental capacity and faculties to handle this uh, in, an, in an, a manner that's not their shoe size. What do you recommend we teach um, adolescents? And I'm talking very young. I'm talking like um, people that are in maybe first grade, second grade, third grade. I know there's a concept now they call them friendlies and non-friendlies. So they've, mm -hmm. they've taught about stranger danger. What do you think that we need to know if we're young children or their parents out there, like what do they need to be telling their kids so that they're not in this kind of a predicament? Well, thank you for bringing that up. And I've, since I wrote I Predator years ago and I talk about it now and uh, my mission, Mr. Before, before I drop dead is to be able to encourage public, private, the school systems K through 12 to begin to introduce and to educate children, as I said, from K through 12, and obviously it's, it's you know, developmentally appropriate for the age of the child are two things. Again, I'm giving advice related to us living in the information age and spending pretty much our entire waking lives online. It's teaching children digital citizenship, teaching children cyberbullying prevention, and then lastly, 
how to conduct oneself online. Now, obviously, these are not, you know, moral aspects that, that deal with religion per se. I am, you know, presenting what needs to be taught to children as it relates to living in the information age. Because as I said, and as you know, and as all your, your followers and viewers understand is we are totally enveloped by information, communication, technology. Goodness gracious, Mr. Morley, there is actually a term, I didn't come up, it's called uh, nomophobia. Uh, it's a silly name, nomophobia. And it is a person who experiences a panic attack or severe anxiety why? Because they can't find their mobile device or they can't connect to a Wi-Fi. They experience <laughs> significant anxiety, nomophobia. There's also a social term called fubbing. I didn't come up with that either. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. And that has to do when two people are talking to one another and all of a sudden one of them get contacted by on their mobile device and instead of ignoring it, they completely ignore the person they're talking to and now address the mobile device, such a social faux pas. So we are living at a time, again, we're in the information age, began in the late 1970s. We're only 40 years into what inevitably is going to last centuries. Uh, we are also beginning just to be introduced now, and we think it's advanced, but it's just beginning, is virtual reality and artificial intelligence. A couple of centuries from now, Mr. Morley, they're going to look back at us and they are going to laugh. So now we are at the beginning of a period of history. There is no criminal defamation. There is no accountability. People can essentially behave and treat each other online between what I call the veil of anonymity. So what we need to do, going back to your, your question, is we need to teach children about all of this now, as early and as young as possible. I have you know, helped uh, in my volunteer work with parents who have bought their child an iPhone at the age of three, turning to four, because the older sister has an iPhone and uses Instagram. So now mom buys an iPhone, Mr. Morley, for a three-year-old, a three-year-old. No, 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 no. And they're yelling and screaming. But, you know, I want to encourage something um, in the IT age. Uh, as many of you know, I, I designed security for Wall Street. It's important to understand that there are things parents need to do until the children are at the age they can make their own decisions, um, such as block certain sites until they're a certain age. I mean, you, you have to control certain things, maybe turn their internet off. I know a lot of the cell phone carriers, you can turn them off. A lot of the new routers now, you can set a time when the internet comes on and when the internet comes off. And you can have a separate network that only the parents know about and they can use that 24 seven. So I think parents and educators need to understand that technology is not going away. No. You know, things like wearable devices. And I tell people this, Dr. Nichelle, is that, you know, when something's free, okay, or you get a big discount, I say, what's the catch? Well, they're going to learn information about you. Who's getting my information? Who's it being sold to? Mm -hmm. 
even when I search online, I'm not going to mention the name of the site because we don't want to do that. But what I will tell you is I use a site called Duck, mm -hmm. Duck.com, because they are and they give every site a rating. OK, so if you go to Duck.com and you type in one of your other favorite search engines you put in here, do you know what it'll give it? It will give it a very low rating. Mm -hmm. I put one of those in there. I'm not going to tell you which one. And if I click on it. It actually comes up and it'll give it like a D. You're right. Or C. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non invasive, non surgical, and drug free. Start your journey to a pain free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303 292 9992, now in Lowry or downtown. So you can install a plug in to help you do that. So these are the same things you can do. I think people are not aware of how this protection is important for not only mental sanity, but also um, in the healthy growing up of adolescents and other adults. Right. And and if I may, Ms. Moore, before we continue, this sure. is imperative for, for particularly the older folks, folks, old folks like you and me. Okay. We grew up in a pre-information age world. Okay. So when we were young and we wanted to go out on a date, guess what? We had to ask that person face to face or at a minimum, we had to talk to them on the phone today. That is completely different. The psychology of what it means to be a child in the information age is far different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. So for the parents who, who watch this, who listen to this podcast, it's understanding that what your child is perceiving, experience, his or her odor, offline distress dictates online response, is very different what they're doing online. Very different, you know, than what you remember and re you recall when you were a kid and you were out there trying to be cool, trying to be part of a group, trying to be a typical teenager. When I say children of the information age, I am saying they're almost, not totally, uh, not so much different creatures, but creatures living in a very different environment called the information age. And when we add Artificial intelligence, which for those of you without getting too in-depth with that, I want to just let you know what that is. So that's basic. And then we have neural networks. You have artificial intelligence, which actually is the study and mimicking of the human body and the mind, and it's putting it into software. Yes. And that software is being able to learn. You might have heard the, the movie War Games. Well, mm -hmm. this is War Games was a toy compared to this. And so it makes decisions based on conditions, you know that we're even getting to a military system, it's not gonna be here yet, that's going to make decisions on war based on artificial intelligence. I'm not really on boat with that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was talking to somebody about that and they said that, you know, you can't have the system in place. You remember the Minutemen from many years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they wouldn't, turn, they wouldn't turn the key when it was time to get the order. So they said they need to get people out of the silos and make it automatic. So now the computer files the, fires the missiles automatically. And so with this concept, we're making decisions day in and day out. Um, and we're making a choice on whether to do something. And I always say to people, 
we never should let a computer, you know how much I love computers and technology. We never should use computers and technology to make a decision over a life. Mm -hmm. That's my big thing. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, when I was graduating my college, I got offered a very big position. I knew I wanted to start my own company. Didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur and then be a serial entrepreneur. But I knew that I wanted to make a difference. And I knew what this company was doing because a friend of mine worked for them. And I said to them, I'll be happy to work for you. There's only one thing I won't do. Oh, that's fine. We'll work. As long as you don't ask me to ever write software that will be used to harm or hurt anyone. Oh, all right. You're probably not a good fit for us then. Well, we can give you more money. It's not about the money. Right. <laughs> I can't do that. So with artificial intelligence, it learns patterns, which is why we're so good with virus protection now, mm -hmm. like sandboxing and things. We're learning patterns. How did we learn that, Dr. Telly? We learned that off of the human mind. Yes. So the human mind has helped us evolve, as you know, quite a bit. And so by this, these, these things we're doing, artificial intelligence, how does that help? Well, and it hurts because... Imagine for a moment, let's just say 10 people, 10 people smarter than one usually. And so if 10 people were now making decisions and collaborating, they would get better and better each time, mm -hmm. just like we get better each time, but they get exponentially better when there's more people because there's more resources. So now imagine that cyber attack or imagine that, let's call it that cyber stalk. Okay. Imagine that backdoor Trojan payload now figuring out how to launch in the most strategic, efficient manner possible. That means choosing which servers, what time, what ports. That's a lot. That's why firewalls now mm -hmm. are now getting into artificial intelligence. And by that, we're able to understand a pattern and see, well, wait a minute. What are you? I'm a printer. Okay, I need access to this port. Let me check your health profile. Uh, you're a printer. Yep, you get access to that port. Hang on a minute. Let me check your web page. Oh, yes, you have the word brother. You have the word HP. Yep, you're a printer. I'll let you go. If I take my laptop and do that and I spoof it by changing it to match the MAC address of that, which a lot of people are doing, it won't allow us to say, hey, wait a minute. I don't see a web page with the word brother, HP, or any of the printer name. I'm blocking you. So I think what you were mentioning before is very similar to what we're doing in technology now. We're analyzing the behavior, quote unquote, mm -hmm. or analyzing the action, and then we are responding. So there is an acronym. We have lots of acronyms, just like they do in, 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 in psychology. Um, <laughs> but there's an acronym. Um, in in uh in in um in in technology uh, by one company and it's called sark okay uh security automation response control and so imagine having an entire infrastructure i'm talking about your your um heating system your cameras everything in that building automation and for those of you that don't know I'm very against, I'm building a new home and I'm very against automating things. Now, 
I'm not against having automated faucets. What I'm against is having them tie into a network that's linkable to something outside. Mm -hmm. So if I want to use tablets and it's internal only and it's not connected to the internet, I'm fine with that. Right. But I don't want any of that stuff, except my cameras, ever to be able to be accessed outside of the home. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'll make my bath water. It'll, it'll close my blinds. If that gets put into the wrong hands, we could be putting ourselves into a real annihilation. Most certainly. Well, that, so that's my well, thing I mean, about the to, the, to the worst point of, 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 of cyber terrorism. Um, you know, cyber terrorism, I believe, again, this is my definition, part of my concept as it relates to, I'm, but to me, cyber terrorist, cyber terrorism is the a cyber attack upon civilian combatants that lead to uh, fatalities. Um, and with the advances that are going on in information technology, I believe there has yet to be a successful cyber terrorist attack. We will see. It may occur here with the uh, Ukrainian-Russian conflict that's going on. But going forward, as I said, with artificial intelligence and with virtual reality, those two aspects in relationship to us being in the information age, we are in its, it's, it's in its infancy stage. It's only going to become greater and greater. And that is the macroscope. So let's go the microscope and nanotechnology. Goodness gracious, that's a show in and of itself where you'll be able to get an injection and nanorobots will be able to go through your bloodstream and do a whole cornucopia of things. Yeah, I think that's something that we as citizens have a right to do or not. Like that should be our choice. And and I feel that this technology is out there, but I think this is why it's very important that we have the right people uh, in government that are going to allow or disallow. I mean, we had something, you probably know this, about a year or two ago. There's something called IoT, Internet of Things, which yes, many have heard of. Course. So uh, being someone who's studying now to become an EMT volunteer, there is, let's say, somebody who needs an IV. Okay? Mm-hmm. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. There was a big issue with this one company. I'm not going to mention the name. They had a problem because they didn't have appropriate encryption and somebody could just hack right into their Bluetooth device uh, connection or through their Wi-Fi because the app they had on the phone, once the internet got into the internet locally, got into the phone, got into the thing, was able to turn off the pump, raise the dosage, lower the dosage, give false information back to the doctor or the reporting team that made them think 
things were different than what they are, a perception, if you will. Right. In our world, what you and I see every day is a perception. Regardless Correct. of what's there, it doesn't really matter. When you mentioned virtual reality, this is right up my uh, alley. <laughs> because um, when you try to achieve a goal, you remember the famous basketball players. Uh, I forget all their names, but there were three groups of people. One group after school didn't practice at all. The second group practiced religiously every day after school. The third group didn't practice at a gym, but next to the gym, they practiced in a study hall with their minds. And at the end of that study, the one that actually was the best by a little bit, just a little bit, was the people that practice virtually. So people say, why is that? And that labors to your point about the virtualness. Mm -hmm. Our mind doesn't know whether we're really doing something or we're envisioning it or imagining it. Correct. Because the same neurons fire, what was that one law by, was it Hebb's law? Uh, neurons that wire together, fire together. Yeah, so yeah. you could get extremely tired watching a movie of you running and out of breath because your parts of your body are going to fire. And I see in this world that if people are going for these cyber things, where this can go, and there's already devices coming out that do all kinds of things, and they're being controlled remotely. Are we opening ourselves up for a little bit of a Pandora's box? Most certainly I'm opening ourselves. Are. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, and again, not, not to toot my own horn, but uh, 10 years ago when I wrote I Predator, and, uh, you know, I, I occasionally say this when I'm, I'm, I'm talking in these interviews, but I truly believe it. And it's very, and please, you know, I hope your, your, your viewers don't see me as nuts. But what I say is, cyberspace is an extension of human consciousness and not to say that it's actually happening it is gradually occurring the digital universe and what we well the digital universe all the electronic devices all the connection i believe are very similar to the neuronal connections of the brain and as the the you know the digital universe matures i believe it is essentially mimicking and one day will be a Xerox copy of the same way the human brain, you know, deals with it uh, on a daily basis. Who created technology? You know, thousands and millions of individual brains that are now all connected in the digital universe. So as I said, I believe. So tell us, where do you, where do you think we're going to be going and what should we be prepared for Dr. Nichitelli? Well, I, I think we should, you know, we should continue. We should first and foremost understand, forgive my, my cat in the background, but what we should understand is, and I hate to say this because I love to eat a pound of pasta, but we have to practice moderation. And that, you know, I'm not, you know, maybe we could talk about internet addiction, internet use disorder in a different show, but it's moderation. It's Turn off the devices, put down your technology, go outside, throw a football, you know, go to a baseball game, go on a date with a loved one. And guess what? Don't bring your iPhone, your smartphone is go outside, exercise, 
and do things offline, not using technology. Mr. I, I love that, Dr. Gitelli. I think if more people, I love that day we have every year, or it's called Get Outside. I think Nickelodeon does it. <coughs> um, like, okay, you should be outside playing too. For the next two hours, we're all outside playing and you should be too. Yes, and don't get me wrong. I have folks that say, well, Dr. Nooch, what do you, you want us to turn off the internet? And my response is no, I love the internet. I, I thrive, my, everything I do, what we're doing right now involves technology. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a time and a place and it's just as good to go offline. And I'm telling you for the male, uh, there are plenty of good looking men or women out there and they're offline waiting for you. So I think the challenge is a lot of people, Dr. Cicelli, I think are getting brainwashed by the media, by other people, and they're not making their own, they're not acting the way they would want to act. This is what I was saying before. They're acting in kind of the way the Joneses. It's kind of going back to let's do what the Joneses are doing. Yeah, and the other thing, part of the human condition is we are creatures of habit. And we also, in addition to be creatures of habit, we are creatures of convenience. So we will always take, you know, the path of least, you know, resistance. So if I can talk to somebody online as opposed to hanging out with them at the local pub, most likely I'm going to sit here on my butt and talk to you online as opposed to getting up going outside and going down the road. Now, I'm not saying we give up webcasting and talking to one another online, but what I'm saying, you know what? That pub, they make some great buffalo wings, so let's go there occasionally. So what I'm saying is, is as we mature and as we evolve in the information age, it's always understanding we are human and we are social creatures and we are best suited by dealing with others offline. Not to say that online, we can't learn about one another, but psychology's interpersonal dynamics occurs using what? Our five senses. Which I, I, most- I, I agree with you. And one of the things we're striving to do, um, we're hoping within the next two years, we're always gonna be doing obviously things online, but we're hoping to be bringing some of our guests into our studio. That's what we're hoping to do so that it'll be a whole thing. And and I think you hit a nail on the head, Dr. Gitelli, and that is that it's really about a dichotomy. You know, there's a time and a place. Just like there's a time and a place to be quiet, there's a mm-hmm. time and a place to listen, there's a time and a place to speak. There's a time and a place to do things online, and there's a time and a place to go offline. Yes. Um, and I think our life should probably have more offline and it does online. Online is great, but we need to get out in the air. We need to connect with people. There's also something called vibrations. And I know this is a little deep for a lot of our viewers, but um, being a Reiki two master and, and taking my first level of, of uh, psychology, nowhere near what you took, but I did get my first in, in certification in hypnosis. The thing is, is that when we put all these things together, I think what's really happening is that people appreciate it because if you're ever around someone and they have positive energy, you want to spend more time with them. Yes. If somebody doesn't have good energy, what do you do? Well, you don't, you're not nasty then, but I usually say to them, Hey, uh, what's, what's up? Uh, why are you so down or what's going on? Or uh, what's happening? Oh, I don't know. Or if somebody's being negative, I'm like, you know, maybe we should reschedule the meeting. Maybe we should reschedule this event. Maybe we should do it next time. Cause you know, you're preoccupied. Oh no, no, it's okay. And then they go on and on like, 
well, you know what? Uh, I really don't want to hang around you anymore because you're bringing me down. You know, we become the people we hang around. Correct. And so that's why we heard the says misery loves company. Mm-hmm. But it's really the truth. Oh, and one of the quick things, Mr. Morley, I want to say, going back to a little bit, I didn't talk about it before related to COVID, which going forward, I hope does not become, you know, more the norm is the what is called VLE virtual learning environments and online learning. And for children, what has occurred, and I understand why living in a COVID environment with pandemic is that a, a large chunk of educational time was spent where? doing it in virtual learning environments and online work, uh, uh, environments. How wonderful is that? But what I am hoping is that society doesn't move into direction to where we no longer need brick and mortar, to where schools actually getting the kids on the school bus, going to school, going to prom, playing Saturday night football, so forth and so on. I hope with time, it doesn't move into all virtual learning, because if that occurs, Mr. Morley, it is going to completely change the human condition. I couldn't agree with you more. I think people need to realize what's going on. And I think they have to embrace people, consciousness, and that we're not separate. We are all together. And I think people need to probably embrace that concept that we're more connected than I think anybody thinks. Right. And he used to the old adage in the beginning stages of of social media was to get connected. Boy, that's a load of, I wouldn't use the uh, the profanity. (laughs) But as I've said, is that instead of social media and information technology connecting us, it is actually working to disconnect us. And that is proof, as I said earlier, we're fubbing, where uh, a text message on my cell phone is more important to the beautiful redhead I'm talking right in front of me. I mean, that to me is just amazing. I think it comes down to a standard, and that is that when you are with somebody, you let them know what you expect. And no one's perfect, myself included, that we're not perfect. And, you know, when somebody does something wrong, uh, you may or may not agree with me. And that is that I don't want to go after the person because Mm -hmm. we're all not perfect. I want to talk about, hey, Bob, hey, Joe, you know, when anyone does that or they cut me off like that, I feel bad inside or I feel angry inside. And it's not you. It's anybody. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering, is there a way that you could maybe change that behavior? Well, you well, the, the way to change that behavior, just like any behavior, is insight, awareness that that behavior exists. So, but unfortunately, some of us, you know, suffer from personality disorders, psychological dysfunction, where no matter, even if we are aware of it, you know, we don't do anything about to change it. Hence, the, that's a whole different thing when it comes to personality disorders, where people who suffer from access to personality disorder, all of them, there's 10 of them. It's everybody else's fault, whatever the predicament is, whatever is going on in the environment, it's because of them, not me. Right. But and getting when back you- to us living in the information age and dealing with children and parenting, again, and I hate to be redundant for parents dealing with kids today, it's understanding that it's a whole different phenomenon with them. It's, it's a different ballgame. 
for your friends and loved ones who are targeted, particularly if they're younger, to them, it can be far more trauma traumatizing and devastating than let's say for you, myself, or even millennials, mm -hmm. those are, that are a little bit younger. But for children, Mr. Morley, we in, in the information age, again, child adolescent suicide has always existed, teen suicide. But we are the first civilization since the beginning to have the concept called cyber bully side. And that is, as you know, a child that takes his or her life because he or she is being targeted online. And what do we know about cyberspace? Cyberspace is an artificial electronic universe. It's not real. So we have children that are taking their lives because they are being taunted and they're being teased oftentimes by children they don't even know that don't even go to their school. Right. I, I think what you're saying, it resonates a lot with people and I know definitely with me. But what I will tell you is, you know, many years ago, I will tell you that we always want to attack the person say, well, you know, you did this, you did that. Realize that it's not about you. It's about what happened. And like you said, to recognize it yes. and to treat it like a behavior. And when you do that, people are a lot less defensive. Uh, yes. Cyber stalking, cyber bullying. It's a serious problem. And I think the solution to it is education but early education. Very early education, correct. It should be a required course, maybe in pre-K or something. It should be, uh, to me, I say it all, it should be a compulsory educational requirement. When I was a kid, I don't know about you, Mr. Morley, but I had to take woodshop. I had to take metal class. I also had to take a speech class, obviously here in the United States. We had States. to do that, yes, speech class. I speech class. Well, that needs to, you know, work Woodshop, that needs to occur, you know, children as early as K through 12 to begin to introduce the concepts of digital citizenship and how to conduct oneself online and also to learn about online safety. Because why? Children today and only going forward are going to spend more and more time online. And what I guarantee what it's going to be shown through research as time goes on we know that the prepubescent, the pubescent child, all of us, our self-identity begins to form when we are preteen to teen, and then it finalizes when we're in adult, early adulthood, okay? Freud believed personality is finalized by time we're eight or nine. You know, Adler, Young, they came around and said, you know, later, you know, but clearly pre-adolescence and adolescence today children are spending their entire waking time online. And we need to understand how does that impact self-identity formation? Dr. Charlie, this is this was absolutely amazing. And uh, I could spend hours and hours uh, with oh, you, but we you. are out of time, unfortunately. We will definitely have you come back again, uh, probably when something else resonates, which I know something will. And uh, we'll definitely ask your feedback. So again, you've given us some really useful nuggets of information that I hope you guys will all choose to apply in your life and um, do what I always say, which we're here for one reason in life. 
We're here to become better versions of ourselves and to help everyone else in this world become better versions of yourself. And when you do that, your light's going to shine. Before I say goodbye to you for just this time, but you'll definitely be back again. Uh, tell us, how can the folks reach out or learn a little more about you if they'd like to? Uh, well, everything at the website is public domain and educational. You don't have to give me attribution. All the assessments, everything is there. You can download. You don't even have to uh, give your email because that's anti-online safety. So it's all free. Uh, print it out. If you don't like it, blow your nose, throw it in the garbage. But it is ipredator.org.net or .co with no M. So ipredator.org.net or .co. Everything at my website and everything at my social media, all my educational images, everything is public domain and free. You don't even have to attribute me. Wow. Well, Dr. Gitelli, again, it is always a privilege, a pleasure and honor to have you as a guest and to just soak up this great knowledge and wisdom that uh, you're always sharing with us. So oh, I want to so thank much. you very much for coming. Thank you. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Wow. I know uh, we've had him come on the show before. And every time he comes, you know, we just sort of learn a little more. What did you think about him, Marcus? Yeah. I mean, he's just one of the best guests that you know, we have had here. And I, I just appreciate him so much for being so informative. But, you know, the important tips that we could just take and pass along to others who might be in the same situation. Absolutely. And, you know, last week we shared some very interesting points. For those who didn't watch it, go back and watch the show. Uh, that was last week's show, which was April 22nd. It was a great show with him on again. But I also talked about things you could do to mitigate problems that could happen in your son or daughter's life by things like screen time, putting your computer in a public area so they don't form this bridge around the computer and a wall that you can't get into and suddenly you get things like nasty behavior and all kinds of things that are more than just rebellion because this rebellion is actually trying to protect something that they feel should be kept secret but actually is really very wrong and could get them marcus into a lot of trouble so now that we had this very enlightening uh, conversation with Dr. Michael Nicitelli, uh, let's just talk about what are signs of stalking behavior. I think that's really uh, very important. So signs of stalking behavior is it's simple. It's unwanted contact. 
somebody who's following you maybe they send unwanted gifts i don't mean if they send you one thing and you don't like it that's not sending unwanted gifts sending unwanted gifts means you send one thing they ignore it you keep following up with them they tell you they don't want anything they don't want anymore and you keep sending more junk to them and they start to feel a little intimidated you're tracking somebody using gps and i don't mean a loved one like your son or daughter uh yeah. showing up for weight at your maybe they're harassing you they're gathering information about you so they can learn where to show up next they're mm -hmm. hacking your accounts so they can get more dirt on where you're going and magically marcus just happened to be there uh, appear threatening to you or try to hurt you through threats. Actions to control, frighten, or as we said, threaten you. So a lot of times people say, well, you know, John, this doesn't matter so much because, you know, they're just kids or they're just playing around or he didn't mean it or this adult didn't mean it. But, you know, stalking happens not just with adults. It happens with people 20, 30, even people the same age ranges. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's isolated because I'm older, you're younger. That's not, it's not like that only. It can be, but most stalking happens between either um, opposite sex relationships or in same sex relationships uh, where it's their significant other, right? And so mm -hmm. a lot of times it's because of an ex. It's because of revenge. It could be a lot of things. But at the end of the day, when somebody says no, they mean no. And when somebody tells you that they don't want contact from you, you could be a little hurt. You can even ask them, hey, why don't you want to talk to me? And if they still tell you no, that's your key to exit stage left and not ask any more questions. So... A sign of stalking is people lurking around your workplace or your neighborhood. Uh, people watching you. Repeated phone calls. That's numerous phone calls from someone that you aren't seeing socially or on a regular basis. And it spells danger. Also, people that call you for a block name or number. Now, I don't mean this because people call from block numbers all the time. But calling from a block name or number and not identifying yourself or even calling people after 10 o'clock at night could be considered harassment, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be of a sexual nature. It could just be something that is making you fear life. And so uh, giving inappropriate gifts. So some stalkers will send uh, flowers or other gifts. And I don't just mean one gift. I mean, you send the gift, they don't acknowledge it, and you keep sending more gifts. You keep saying, hey, did you get the gift? So if you send somebody a gift as a friend, that's not stalking them, all right? But if you keep sending those gifts, when they said, hey, I don't want to talk to you anymore, I don't want any more gifts from you, oh, okay, fine, I won't send anything. That's fine. So I think it's recognizing that behavior and knowing that it's going to stop. If somebody stops, as Dr. Uh, Michael Dicitelli says, it's not stalking. It's the habitual desire and consistency of that behavior. 
Oh, another big one is people that actually do things like make sure you have a flat tire or make mm -hmm. sure something happens to you, your car or a minor health condition so they can be there to rescue you. That's a big one mm -hmm. because now you feel so indebted to them. You're like, oh, well, they're not stalking me. They saved my life. But they actually planned that so that would happen to you. So your tire would go flat. So you would choke. So they would be there to save your life. It's a real weird spot they put you into. Yeah. Uh, another one that I think is very interesting, and it's one that I would have not thought of. Somebody who, let's say, um, complains about another that's stalking them. When let's say they really aren't stalking them. Like if you happen to be at the gym once or be in the same building, you happen to be there at the elevator, that's not stalking them. You come home, you're at the elevator at the same time, that's not stalking. But somebody that is a stalker might decide that you're stalking them. You know what they're going to do? They're going to manipulate you. Yeah. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to try, and they're actually going to succeed, at filing a frivolous lawsuit because they claim that their privacy is being invaded, that they're fearful of their life. They'll make all kinds of statements because they're the ones that are really stalking. And they are doing this as a method to keep you in their life. Now, that's one, Marcus, I would have never thought of in my life. No, But it happens a lot of times because that person that is being charged for possibly stalking, which, by the way, United States, you're guilty until proven innocent, by the way, in case you didn't know. And... When that happens and these people get arrested, their minds, like in this whirlwind, like, what did I do? And it puts them in such a state that they don't know whether they're guilty or innocent because they figure they must be guilty because they got arrested. But the truth of the matter yeah. is they're not guilty. So if somebody brings a frivolous lawsuit to you, Okay, and says you're stalking them. Maybe you get arrested, whatever it is, and you know you're innocent. Make sure you file a counter. What that's mm -hmm. going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is two things. You see, when you file a lawsuit, the person files a lawsuit, the state usually goes against that person. And there's no need for an attorney on their part because the state's going to go after you. However, right. When the state sees that that person's really not that type of character because they're going to check that person out after several court uh, appearances. Mm -hmm. And now you go file a countersuit against them and they see your behavior is not criminal or not stalkerish at all. Guess what the state's going to do? They're going to step down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the other person will be like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to go after that person. The state's no longer interested in pursuing that person. You're going to need to get your own attorney. This is something uh, that should be on the Geraldo Rivera show. It sounds like a friendly neighbor dispute and not really a stalking thing. But really, it is stalking. It's the person that brought the lawsuit against you.
that's trying to stalk you yeah. for attention. Isn't that wacky? You know, it's very tacky, John. And like, you know, these are disgusting, despicable people that really need to get some help. And this happens, Marcus, I got to tell you. You might say, well, you know, John, this only happens with people that don't have the money. I got news for you. This happens with the people that are making the most money. Because they yeah. believe, Marcus, that they can buy the law out. But you know what happens? The law eventually says, you know what, Mr. Such and Such? Enough's enough. You're lucky we don't arrest you and file charges against you for wasting the court's time and send you a bill for all this nonsense. Another sign is using the internet to follow you. Also, isolating you from your loved ones. They want to make sure that you can't connect with them so they're there for you. Acting violently or threatening you when you refuse to pay them attention. Too much unwanted contact. Maybe no one particular stands out at the moment as dangerous, but when you look at the entire picture, do you feel alarmed by them always popping up in your life? Maybe experience some repeated unwanted contact from the same person. If it's someone you know, tell him or her that you're feeling uncomfortable. If a situation continues, report him to the police or her to the police. If it's someone you don't know, go directly to the police. But what I want you to understand is that if something happens and they say they don't want to have contact with you, you can say, fine, and just move on. Don't try to figure out why they don't want to talk to you or why they don't want contact from you. Don't waste your time because it's going to be a major frivolous lawsuit that's going to cost you a lot of time and money, and you could have just walked away from this whole thing. First of all, do you really want somebody in your life that has that kind of disastrous behavior? Yeah. I don't think so, Marcus. I don't think so either. You know, and that, and that that would just be ridiculous just to continue to allow that to sit up there and take it in. You know, but a lot of times people fall victim and they feel like there's no they fall victim, out. and it also happens. By the way, I'm going to tell you the last one. It's really important, mm -hmm. and that is between people that are getting divorced. Yeah, that's a the big kids one, with somebody else. The other kid is with the mother, and now you send or the mother sends gifts. The parents mm -hmm. don't want this. They tell the child to write you back and say that they don't want any more gifts, that they're unwanted. Now, they force the child into bringing a harassment suit against you. Wow. So what you need to do is petition for custody. Mm -hmm. because it's probably not the child that doesn't want your gifts it's the family it's the mother it's the father there in that family that does not want you part of that family and they figure if they can just do this eventually the court's going to get involved and they're permanently going to put an axe you see the reason people file these frivolous lawsuits i'm going to tell you why number one maybe they have something to hide in their life it could be sexual orientation it could be anything be something they did and they're afraid that that significant other might do something to either out them get them in trouble lose their job and when 
they know that they're magically going to become like this monster toward you. Not because they want to, but because they're living two lives. This also could happen if you have two marriages, which you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that, that's mm -hmm. another situation. So mm -hmm. if something doesn't smell right, okay, don't go back for a second sniff. If it smells like chocolate, tastes like chocolate, looks like chocolate, it's probably chocolate. So accept it for what it is and use this opportunity to become a better version of yourself and help them become better versions of themselves. Because I want to tell you something. If you get a record of stalking, you're not going to be able to work for anybody. Mm -hmm. You're going to have very hard times getting credit. And you might even wind up on some safe lists around schools. Even though you didn't do anything like that, they might think your behavior could be more criminal than they were able to conclude, even if you were not guilty. So that's mm -hmm. why it's important to understand you don't want to go all through that. And then do you really want to go through an expungement after that? Mm -hmm. Once that happens, and now a countersuit gets filed, you could lose your job. Yeah. And you, whether you're the lady or that A-plus macho man, well, let's just say you won't be so macho anymore when the cops take you away to jail for harassment. And now, instead of giving you a temporary restraining order, they give you a permanent restraining order for life. Mm -hmm. Is it really worth that? I don't think so. So I hope, ladies and gentlemen, I know our show went over a little bit tonight. I hope that you will embrace when somebody says no. I'm not just talking about in dating and things like that. I'm talking about everyday people. If they don't want your behavior, if they don't want you in a group, if they don't want you to comment, don't comment. If something happens once, it's okay. But when it's repetitive behavior... Okay, and you can even let the person know, look, I don't want contact from you anymore. If you keep contacting me, I'm going to go to the police. And if you say to them, well, why? Because I don't feel comfortable around you. And that's it. You need to walk away. There are plenty of other people in the world to become friends with, to become lovers with, to become business partners with. It can happen anywhere. So let's embrace stalking and understand that january national stalking awareness month was here and it comes every year and it happened because some innocent people got in trouble so the last thing i'd like to see for any of our viewers here is to get wrapped up in something that might take you a year or two time effort money and emotional toil and frustration and pain. Wow. This, so this I hope that tonight's show has been an inspiration for all of you and to know what stalking is, to not do it, and to make sure that you don't accidentally fall into that trap that might cause somebody else to report you as a potential stalker. Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. 
It has been an amazing privilege and pleasure and honor to be with you again this Friday. A personal thank you to Dr. Michael Nuccitelli for opening our eyes and letting us understand that stalking is not one time. It's repeat, habitual, consistent behavior that alarms, that threatens, or that's unwanted contact. So if your ex calls you and that bothers you once, that's fine. But just saying, hey, please don't contact me anymore. They call you once and annoy you. Don't go to the police for that. Have yourself a great rest of your day and great weekend. And we'll be back next Friday with another great show just for you. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Take care. suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtowns Healthcare in Denver. Downtowns Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtowns Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.